At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 346. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. Well, hey. Busy as ever, eh? Hell yeah, it's been a crazy week, but it's always fun to take a break and hang with you, man. Ditto, ditto. It's nice. It's a lot, a lot of fun, and there's always, well, almost always a lot to talk about. It certainly is today, so that's good. And a lot of Mueller files, man. Yeah, busy. Busy, busy week for him, too, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, but let's start off with the first one here. Um, the first is a post on search engine land called Don't Give Up on Google Posts. I thought it was interesting in that uh, it, okay, first of all, I should explain, and those who don't know, Google Posts or uh, posts, uh, what are the, the technical term for it is posts with Google, is for your Google My Business listing. And what it does is it'll, uh, for local businesses, it gives you the opportunity to post about events, specials, uh, news of note for your business. And it, 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 although it has been fluctuating where it shows up these days, it typically shows up um, below your business listing in, in Google search, um, which they used to call the knowledge panel for there. Apparently now it's called the business listing or I don't know, changing things again. Um, <laughs> they love changing names just to keep uh, us all on, on our toes. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, it uh, it does have some effect. You know, people can see it. It does show that there's some activity. Now, over time, the Google My Business, your Google My Business listing, if it's being claimed, if it's being filled out completely, has shown to be quite impactful on your local rankings, which is why... Well, all of anyone who does local SEO keeps a very close eye on the GMB uh, to make sure that it is updated on a regular basis and that you know, the, the information is accurate. It hasn't been incorrectly changed. Uh, we've discussed that in past shows by uh, the public. Uh, 
in any case, Google Post is something that I, I've done a bit of, and I did see a little more activity from doing it. Uh, there has been discussion that it was Im improving the, the chances for your Google My Business uh, profile to rank. I don't recall anything uh, strongly associated with it based on what I've listened to from Mike Blumenthal and Mary uh, Bowling, but uh, I may be mistaken there. I, all I know is that it hasn't been a, a big enough of a factor that I've pushed my clients to use it strongly. Well, well I read something recently, and, I, and I'm not sure because um, I don't have the uh, clout, but apparently that if you have, if you're a trusted uh, user, or I don't, I don't think it's tied to the, the local search advisor things, but if you're a trusted user, in some cases, they'll now allow you to put links into Google Posts which could actually be a benefit because if you are posting about some kind of um, holiday special or, you know, something that, that you have more information about, you can now link to your website or link somewhere and actually can actually drive a little bit of traffic. Hmm. No, I haven't heard that. Okay. Yeah. But you have to be, you have to be trusted quote unquote, and who knows what that means from Google's perspective. And I expect that is uh, probably a trial program. i haven't heard anything about that rolling out per se, but yeah. who knows? It's definitely, as we've talked about over the years, local has been a bit of a, a, a shit show, put it simply. Um, <laughs> and, and, to, to, to put it in nice PG language. Yeah. <laughs> and, since, and since, we, since we now say that on TV now, so. We, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. There isn't a show called that. Yeah. <laughs> um, in any case, it is, uh, um, they are working on it constantly, not as quickly as anyone would like, but they are getting better. And uh, I do like Google Posts. I think it's a good idea for everyone to use. Uh, not particularly difficult, especially if you're just uh, posting about content you've written, uh, let's say, uh, and then just you know, telling people to go to your blog for more information or uh, posting about an event coming up. Events in particular are quite helpful. Do you treat it kind of, kind of like a, another social channel, um, even though there's not a lot of interaction on those posts? It's like, do you use the same kind of copy and same kind of strategy around copy that you'd use on a Facebook post, for example? Yeah, yeah, a Facebook page post, yes. You know, this is what we're up to. Uh, come check it out, uh, especially if it's an event, like a free event, or uh, maybe you're, you're sponsoring a charity and you'd love people to come out and help, mm -hmm. uh, you know, donate, whatever. That's perfect. It's the kind of thing that shows you're active in your community. Uh, there's just no downside to doing it. And it's very simple. It's, there's no, no rocket science to it. You just log into your Google My Business profile, <clears throat> go to posts, and post away. Very simple. Uh, just don't expect it to last long. Unless it's an event, I believe the turnaround is at five or seven days. I always get that confused. But it's, it's quite short. If it's I, thought, I thought it was three or five, so let's take the average. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so I, I do think uh, it's worth doing. In this case, he's saying, you know, uh, people, because they're seeing fluctuations in how often it's shown, it seems like Google is cutting it back a little bit. Um, you know, there's just no certainty of whether or not it's worthwhile anymore. But he's saying, don't give up on it. And I agree on that. I mean, if you're doing it, you probably already built it into your process. Just keep doing it. Uh, Google could just change everything around and make him important again or give them more prominence again. And, 
whatever, just stick to it for now. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably more of a pain in the ass just to remove uh, it. And I'm sure, I'm sure they're just, they're going to look more at usage by their, their, the, the searchers than they are by the businesses. So if the searchers are in there and they notice, notice that they're spending time in that space, they're probably going to stick around. They're going to care more about their surfers than they are the businesses. That's just the way they are. Yeah. And, and there is um, a correlation at least uh, between keeping your Google My Business listing active, you know, getting in there mm-hmm. is always good. Going in there and make sure everything's accurate, updating it regularly, you know, by adding more photos or, or you know, ensuring you're getting reviews on a regular basis, but going back in and, and when there's changes to it that you have to approve or disapprove, do it quickly. Be in there a lot. And if you're doing Google posts, well, you've already got that excuse to be there. And, and that it makes sense that there's going to be rub off from that in, in terms of Google trusting your listing and, uh, and the trust being the swear word, it seems at Google today, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's definitely worthwhile. Long winded answer. <laughs> nice. All right. What's next here? Um, so I thought this was quite interesting. Um, somebody had pointed out to Barry and, um, who was it? Um, not sure it was, but that, that Google in the local map results, when you, when you do a search and their example was topsoil and I just double checked it a while ago and it's still there. So if you, if you go search for topsoil, two words, you get a local search result. And in this particular case, you get the map and then between the map and the three listings that it normally shows on there, you normally have some some options like you can sort by view your past results hours um someone noticed that there's a default star rating now that it shows in some some searches not all in some searches in the top slowly one it does that it'll default to only show listings that have four or, or better stars right which i thought was interesting that you know it just goes to show you how important reviews are becoming and how important they already are to local search. So if you're, if your business is in one of these categories where some of these local search results are going to, going to show these default star ratings of four and you have a three average star rating, you're never showing up in local search, which is really interesting to me by default. If someone goes in and changes it to three, then you can show up. But the odds of that are going to be pretty slim. Pretty slim. Well, and you know, how is that any different than it used to be? I guess you would see some twos and threes in there. And I should take that back, mm-hmm. but that was pointless anyway. Why were they there? <laughs> made no sense. Yeah. And then Barry confirmed later that this is, they thought it was something new, but it's been around for several months. This has been happening for months that the, some queries are triggering this filter. Interesting. And, and, and that's a good point that you made that this filter's probably all been, always been in place, but now they're giving people an option to see what it is and to change it. Yeah, like I, mine came up with the four plus rating for my area as well. There must be a lot of topsoil places. Yeah, or or maybe it's a, if the, maybe it is actually still just in testing phase, and that's an easy category for them to test. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, it would make sense if it was implemented on uh, searches with a high number of results. Right. Uh, just give you some way to to so filter through them. Uh, I wonder what their odds, what, if there's like even a point, point of a percentage of people who actually, well, other than SEOs. So, so, <laughs> well, you, you think about service businesses, right? Topsoil is a product. Someone, you're going to go buy topsoil, you're going to go pick it up, or they're going to deliver it to you. What about service there's like dentists, you, you deal with dentists or hotels, things that, that are really, you know, hotels, you always look at star ratings. 
be interesting to see, you know, what categories of some are actually being impacted by this. Hmm. Yeah, I tried Victoria Dentist. That's where I'm located, Victoria, BC. And uh, there's certainly a lot of dentists here, but it didn't actually... What if you just do the dentist without the, the yes, GA-specific? Right. Yeah, right. Good call. No. No. It says rating, but it's got cl it's defaulted to any rating. Interesting. I guess they feel that topsoil has to be high quality. <laughs> what about hotel? Dentist, you'd think would be first, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I, 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 I think I'd rather have a higher quality dentist than a higher quality cow shit, right? <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, that's manure. That's not that's not necessarily topsoil. Yeah, exactly. Uh, interesting. Well, that that yeah, that definitely failed our test. So I have no idea why they chose topsoil, but it's kind of interesting. But if you're, if you're in a space and you're dealing with local, just double check some of your primary, I'd say, non-branded terms and local to see if you get those default ratings. Um, it could be impacting your client if they're, they're not, either they're, they're not getting any reviews and don't have a star rating or their star rating is lower than four. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You put the next one in too. Yeah, so this is this is great. I saw this earlier, and Google just announced um, that they have changed the sign-up process for Google My Business to be more inclusive to service area businesses. Woot woot. Yes, and we, we talked about this a couple shows ago, how they've now changed the, the, the how service area businesses work. You, you, you can't base it off an address anymore. It's based off either the city cities or zip codes. Um, so they've actually built that into the sign-in process now. So when you first go into sign up for Google My Business, that's your business name. It's the very second question it asks you is, um, basically, uh, I should look it up to give you the exact thing, but it basically says, are you a service area business or not? Do you have, do you service customers in your, at a location? And if you say no, then it walks you through the service area business side of things, as well as the, uh, if you say yes, it, it goes through the standard process. Um, now don't, now you can, if you, if you have a service area business and you're already claimed with Google My Business and you didn't realize this yet, um, they no, no longer base it off your address. You don't even have to have an address in there anymore. <clears throat> Excuse me. But they are going to ask you to go in and enter the cities that you service or the zip codes. Um, they don't even do radiuses anymore because you can't have an address. So you can't put a radius of X number of miles around your address. So if you had that set up that way, it's no longer working. You have to go back in and update it. So it says, I, I won't say it's no longer working. I say that's not the default. That's not, and it may not be working. I just can't tell you that definitively right now. I don't think it is. Um, but you want to go in there anyway and change it to the, the cities that, are, that you service or, or the zip codes that you service. It's, yeah, I, I do appreciate these changes. However, uh, and, 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 and I, I, I shouldn't put that in a low light. I really appreciate that they're putting some attention to service area businesses because I've got a lot of clients that have them and it's very frustrating trying to get them visibility. For sure. Mostly because their competition you'd think would be in the same boat. No, they've either secured real business frontage when they really didn't need to just to get the visibility or they have fake business frontage. Um, and, uh, you know, in one of these uh, temp offices. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? 
It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just 2 bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Um, just to get that business. So Google's created that you know, by, by making it so difficult. And unfortunately I'm betting, although this is probably a step, this is definitely, I would say a step in the right direction. I'm betting that if they had to, if a person who'd gone through this new process for service area business probably wouldn't compete as well as the ones who have a, a, even a real or fake bricks and mortar office. Yeah, I, I've always said that, that the people that have physical locations are going to have an advantage over service area businesses. I really believe but, that. And I don't know if that's changed or not. But what they should be doing, though, is taking a certain business type. And unless you can fulfill a certain set of standards, you are service area. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then if you have a brick and mortar office, yay, whatever, it's noted, but you are on the level playing field with other people who are service area businesses that don't. I think that yeah. would I mean, there, there's definitely types of businesses like plumbers. You're yeah. never going to perform your service at your location for a plumber. You're always going to go to the customer and perform your business, perform the, the whatever they're paying you for at yeah, their location. Roofers, you name it. Although yeah, but, they often do have a base. Yeah, they, all, they, they often do. Have, some of them have physical locations that they work out of. So those, so it's really your point being that, and it's a good one is it does, shouldn't really matter if a plumber has a physical location or not, because there's no, none of those plumbers are going to be doing their business at that location. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know, I, I would like to think that logic will override <laughs> and things will get better. Uh-huh. Um, I think enough of us are yelling. I know Mike Blumenthal and the gang certainly do, and they're all sensible people. So uh, as long as Google, I'll say, continues to listen, assuming they are being mm-hmm. positive here, uh, <laughs> things will get better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Google and domain names. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. 
There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So I read about this the other day, too, that um, Google saying that we know when domain names change ownership. And the reason they said this was because people were... um, well, it's been happening for a long time. They were buying, yeah. either buying domains that had gone exp- expired or buying sites just to get the authority and the traffic and they were passing it to themselves. Um, whereas Google's saying now that they're paying attention to this and if the ownership of the site changes, then they're not saying it vaporizes. So I really don't think it's that big a deal, but um, I would say the authority is in question. Yeah, and, and we've known this for many years, and it just is one of those kind of issues that come up occasionally. Um, new people in the space don't realize the history behind what's happened in this industry for over many years, and so they ask these questions again, and they come up. Google became a registrar, geez, what, it had to have been like 10 years ago yeah, or more? Yeah, been a long time. Yeah, they've been a domain registrar forever. So they have all the information about all the domains and when they change in the back end. You can't like, if you think you're hiding your, your domain, your name from Google because you do one of those services that, that block out the, the ownership of the domain, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they're a registrar and they get all that information. Registrar, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, I do think that there is good reason to continue doing it though. If the site had relevant, yep. I must highlight that relevant traffic that could potentially send you business. Never mind the domain value from an SEO perspective. And, and there's a lot of really reasonable reasons why a domain name would change. Someone buys a business mm-hmm. and, and you know, the, the, the ownership of the domain and the business they just bought, they're going to have to change all the ownership information. The business might be exactly the same, or they might fold it into their existing website or something like that, but that's a very legitimate reason for something like that to happen. So it's not automatically a bad thing to change ownership of a domain that has some history behind it. It's just 
don't think that you can hide from Google. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you can't. <laughs> no. no they have web cameras too. No. <laughs> um, it, the, the fact too is that when these changes happen, let's see if I remember my train of thought here, um, and I lost it. Sorry. I looked at my camera. That's what did it. I was like, oh, yeah, camera. <laughs> you looking, were you looking at yourself <laughs> and you got lost in the majesticness of it all Man. yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh yeah I know what I was going to say is if you do sell your business and someone takes it over they change the ownership of the domain but it's still going to the same content you can pretty much ignore this issue I mean it, if nothing changes except the domain ownership you know, I don't see authority vaporizing that way. It's if you take it, you redirect it to another site and that site perhaps doesn't have the same content or is. Um, but, but there's, there's legitimate ways to do that as well. Like if, if you do buy a new business and you want to fold it into your existing business, you don't want a separate domain name. Well, yeah, true enough. Yeah. True enough. And that's, and in those situations, Google's just saying, don't do that for SEO. <laughs> Right. That's what they're trying to say. And again, there's nothing saying that it doesn't have any benefit. It's just as we know. That's all he's really saying. Yeah. And I, I would imagine if it's going to be pointing to a site with very low authority um, and perhaps questionable authority, they would be more likely to disqualify the authority that passed from the new domain. Yeah. They're just kind of related, though we didn't put it in our list of things to talk about. Bill, Bill Hartzer did a study. There's a big domain name conference. Um, or actually an auction that goes on that he, that he goes to occasionally. Uh, I think it's in Florida somewhere. And he got the list of all the domains that they were auctioning off. And he ran them through an SEO domain checklist. And 25%, I think he said, of the domains in that auction had some kind of domain problem with either horrible backlinks or penalties assigned to them or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> So just, just a thought, you know, as long as we're talking about domains is if, if you're, if you're getting a new domain either for an existing business or a new site you're putting up, you know, A, assume you're starting from scratch and you're not going to get all this weight from the old, whatever the domain used to be hosting and B, double check all that stuff at the same time, because it could be, you know, something that's a critical fail. I mean, if it's got a penalty assigned to it, just because you buy it doesn't mean that, that penalty and that history goes away either. Yep. If it's, if it's got a pretty, if it's got a pretty gilded box of gold, it could still be crap on the inside. Yep. <laughs> Might look great. Um, I, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, next up here, uh, we're into the Mueller files. Good old John. So John, um, discussed why old pages outranked fresher content. And the reason it came up is because someone had asked him about it. I guess it was in one of his uh, webmaster, what do they call it? Webmaster meetups. Uh, the hangout, the hangouts. Yeah. Um, so essentially what he said, uh, maybe I should, I can, I hate reading his stuff because understandably his English isn't perfect, but um, okay. So someone asked why his content is being outranked by an older site that's got outdated content and it seems thin and it's on HTTP, not HTTPS. There's a few layers here. So uh, John went with the obvious first answer, which is, so I've got a couple of theories about it. Part of it is, I think maybe it's been in the index so long. It's kind of has a trust factor built up with them. Okay. No trust. 
I also think that age might be part of the problem of trying to provide that newer, fresher content. In most cases, what we have done over the last year is a lot more, this is where I don't understand what you're saying here, is a lot more thorough than what was written, say, 10 or 12 years ago. Um, so that would, <laughs> doesn't make sense to me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> he's been busy this week. He's, yeah. he's, he's a little <laughs> flustered. Um, in terms of the HTTPS, he's a soft ranking factor. It's not a big deal. Um, I'm going to wrap, pull this all together in a sec. So you disregard that last, but I was, I was confused about because it will make sense in the end here. Um, he says, uh, you know, it's a really small ranking factor. HTTPS has a quote of his. Uh, he then followed up on uh, the developer's underlying contention that his content should rank higher than the older site because it's fresher. And it's cool. John here says, freshness is always an interesting one because it's something that we don't always use because sometimes it makes sense to show people content that has been established. If they're looking at it, long-term research, for example, then some of this stuff just hasn't changed for 10 or 20 years. Quote. So essentially, you know, you could be, uh, they use an example here, uh, the process for boiling an egg. Well, I'm sure there's different ways people do it, but it essentially hasn't changed. So if you've got a really good article on that, then it would do well and it's going to stay doing well. So he talks essentially about the benefits of evergreen content. Um, and then he went into, uh, He says he thinks it's tricky when things have actually moved on. And these pages just have built up so much trust, so much kind of trust, I should note, and links and all the kind of other signals over the years where, gosh, I can't do this, where, well, it seems like, I can't, I can't copy, I can't write his, say his words here. So essentially he's saying <laughs> uh, <laughs> that these have built so much, again, quote unquote, kind of trust and links. Um, but we don't realize that, so, speaking from his perspective, they don't realize that this content, even though it's built a lot of trust, it seems good, is actually not as good as the new content, which may be more thorough and have, you know, it just seems to do better. So he thinks over time that new site, if it has genuinely better content, will show up, but it's going to take time because everyone's more entrenched. So, so this kind of goes to, to me, there, there's always been this kind of misconception in my mind or maybe it's in my mind, maybe it's in everybody else's mind. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> There's this misconception when people say Google likes, likes fresh content, right? Everybody says Google loves fresh content. And, and when, they, when I hear that, I always kind of twinge a little bit because mm -hmm. half the time when people say that, they, they, they think it means that they have to update the content on the existing page to be fresh which kind of goes to what we're talking about here with you know evergreen content is how to boil an egg is great and it's good it's got a lot of history it's got a lot of authority and if you update that page you may dilute some of that history and authority because now you've changed the content on the page right when i think when i hear the words google wants fresh content i always hear new content not updated content right so again it could be just in my head but that's the way i approach fresh content with google is i'm gonna i'm gonna put more content and new content on the site keep the site fresh and loaded as opposed to just you know taking all my content and making sure it gets an update every year yeah it's like i think yeah from fresh i think it, they want to see activity and, and publishing good content consistently um is is great 
I mean, if, and mm -hmm. if you can go back or you feel it's really important to go back to an older piece of content that's done well, but you think, but you know that it deserves an update, then do it. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about your ranking. Um, it, it's, it's more about ensuring that you're providing good value and you got to leave it to Google to determine that that is, you know, that still deserves to rank. Unfortunately, it doesn't always happen, but it usually does. Now, what I really love here though is coming up. So obviously the person who he was talking to picked up on the word trust. <laughs> John did say it a few times. And um, the web developer, I'll, I'll quote this part. The web developer picked up on John Mueller's use of the word trust and responded that he had the feeling that the outdated site's ranking success had something to do with long-term trust at the page it acquired. John's reply, quote unquote, I don't know that we'd call it trust or anything crazy like that. <laughs> Even though he'd said trust like six times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, dear. So it is somewhat consistent. We know that Google does use the word trust a lot and, and tr officially try, they try not to. Um, John just says it's, it's just many signals. That's a very, vague very uh engineer like response isn't it you know like they don't see it as a single thing because they're seeing all the, the different threads they don't see the rope they see the threads right. we see the rope and call it trust but they see all the threads and they're like well no it's not really trust it's just all these different things <laughs> that's a good that's a good analogy i like that oh, thanks um so anyway um it's a pretty good article i thought it was great and then uh I think it was by Monty. Yeah, Roger Monty. Yeah, and you, and, you, and you might be able to read it better than Ross can, so. <laughs> it's a lot easier to read John's, uh, uh, we love you, John uh, Mueller, but you know, it, it's a little harder to read the quotes um, on, on the air than reading it yourself, so. Yep. Okay, um, what's up next here? Um, featured snippets. Um, you put this one in there. I'm gonna let you take it. Oh, <laughs> so I did. Let me just jump to it here. Still stuck in that last bit. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna have to read some of John's answers. <laughs> yes, I will. Right. Oh, yes, yes. I remember this now. Okay, because uh, I did read it. Um, <laughs> um, it's someone was asking how to get found in structured. You know, how to get found as a feature snippet. Um, and they were wondering, is there a particular kind of schema that is more likely to obtain a feature snippet or voice results? And I'm surprised. John said, I don't know. I can't think of anything offhand. Now, mm -hmm. he was addressing the part about schema.org structured data markup for featured snippets. If structured data was an important factor for ranking in featured snippets, John Mueller very likely would have known about it. The, the whole core of this article, and I actually thought there was a structure that was being used. Um, well, there, there's one for voice search. It's called Speakable. And since, since Speakable is tied directly to voice search and voice search is tied directly to a lot of these feature snippets or answer box type of things, so it seems to me that if it's not now, at some point, that Speakable markup will have an impact, right? Well, yeah. And so what he does here is he gets into how... Um, it's actually more the 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 style, the cluck, the, the the structure of the page right. that works for for voice. And believe it or not, I read this article through and through before you ever even put it on there because I've been I was researching no. myself. Yes, I read this long before you decided to add it to the show topics. Wow! So, 
And and because we had a, we had I'm gonna a, get a lottery had, ticket today. Yeah, you should. We had a we had an internal discussion here because we're we're working with some of this stuff, and um, one of the people on our team was really just all all in on making lists, bulleted lists, and structured lists of you know step one, step two, step three to provide an answer. And I see that a lot. And if you do the answer box stuff a lot, you're going to see that there's all there's a lot of times you'll see those one, two, three, four, five, six. These are the steps yeah, to do whatever the question is. Yeah. However, there's a lot of answer box stuff that does not, or feature snippets that does not come in list form. And I think the point this article is trying to make more than anything is keeping your content structured well on the page mm -hmm. will help it perform in featured snippets. Right. Which is good. It's very old school. Yeah. It's like, make sure you use H1 and H2 tags properly. Make sure you're using, you know, the, 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 the HTML code that creates bulleted or, 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 or numbered lists on your page. Don't use fancy JavaScript, JavaScript or CSS to make it look like lists. Actually use the HTML to make it a list that make, makes a difference. Well, and, and, and another key point here is it's not just that it's also planning the content make it exceptionally clear. Remember a robot's reading this as well, you know, um, make it not only interesting and understandable, but build the points out in what seems the most logical order. Make yeah. it Google proof. <laughs> and, 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 and the client that we had that actually sparked our conversation had a page um, they had the question in a large header across the top of the page. And then they had um, another thing just in body content that said question. And then, cause they were taking questions from their customers and then they for verbatim put the question the customer wrote and then said answer. And then give us like a four or five paragraph answer. The first part of the answer didn't answer. They didn't actually answer the question until like paragraph three. So, the, the, the actual customer who asked the question didn't ask the question that was in the header in those words. So it would be confusing to me if I was Google, well, we got this big question at the top, then we have the thing that says, here's a question. It actually said question, and it asks a different question. So it's almost like there's now two questions on the page, and neither of those questions is answered until you get to like the third, third paragraph of copy in the section that's marked answer. That structure is not going to be beneficial to, to getting into that featured snippet. You could restructure that. It'd be really interesting to take this and restructure it and see see if it makes any kind of moves. Wouldn't it be great if we just had like our our research team listening to the show every day and going, okay, at the end of the show, they're going to get a list and say, oh, these are the things we're going to test this week. We'll get back to you next week. <laughs> so we are now taking volunteers for a listener research team. There you go. <laughs> oh my God. How cool would that be? Yes. Amazing. Wow. Okay. That's that's got to happen now. <laughs> Please apply, uh, Ross at stepforth.com. Yeah, do send in. Um, okay, <laughs> well let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get uh, into a couple more John Mueller files and a great number of community questions. SEO one hundred and one will be back right after recess. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, 
and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Ooh, potential issues with canonicals and JavaScript. What? Yeah, so this is actually interesting because this... Because yeah, you can find John Mueller, because we do Mueller files, you can find him all over the place. This is actually from a Reddit thread um, that the Reddit community is called Tech SEO. And someone basically was having some problems with canonicals and AngularJS. They had a, basically a question I'm having issues with canonical on my site, I believe, there's due to the Angular JavaScript used in the HTML. And goes on, asks a little bit more detail, gives some examples. John wrote this giant response, and there's no way I'm going to try to read to you. But basically, what it came down to was if you if you're using JavaScript to load content into your page, and there's any kind of delays or too many calls to get the content into the page, it's possible that the crawlers won't get all the content before it saves the cache of the page. And if you have canonicals that maybe all maybe it's a self-referencing canonical or maybe it's a canonical where there's, there's two different pages with the same content and you're canonical to one of them. It's possible that that they will see this as basically just the core HTML and not actually see the core of the content and a canonical reference that references another page that does have content. So there's there's there could be issues that they're not following the canonicals as well because of those JavaScript loading errors. That's all. That's basically what this question was about. And the reason I put it in here is because I, I thought, well, the real quick solution to find out if this is happening on your site is go to the new search console. And in the, the new URL inspection tool, inside of that, it'll actually tell you the canonical Google has decided to use. So in, in many times, not many times, but it's very possible that it could be different than one that you actually have coded into the page. 
And that's one of the reasons they, they may have decided to use a different canonical URL for that page because it's not seeing all the content because of the, the Angular JavaScript in this guy's case or some other kind of JavaScript error. Hmm. So, Amazing. I, I guess, you know, I, I always kind of wondered, like, but it seems like this is all he does, John. Yeah, it, it really does. I'm not sure what his real job is if, if this is not it. Yeah, well, this would be a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of had the impression that he started doing this on the side when he started, but it doesn't seem anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just trying to fill Matt's shoes at first to help, and then it's all of a sudden it's like, you know, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the next bit here is you focus too much on links. It's, I love this. It sort of sounds like uh, a no-brainer here, but yeah, this was kind of funny because I, I saw a lot of people referencing this on different groups I'm in. Um, on, on Facebook and other places. And they're like, they're like, what the hell is Mueller talking about? Why is he saying this? You know, the, the first one is uh, uh, on Twitter, somebody replied to him. Uh, what was the actual question? He answered this. Um, great market efforts are going to going without reward because publishers have their sites configured to no follow all outbound links all the time. Um, at John Yu, do you know if Google is looking at this um, i.e. methods to reward websites, even links or no follow. And his first response is, uh, <laughs> you focus too much on links, in my opinion. I'm, I'm glad that we use hundreds of factors in our crawling, um, indexing, and ranking algorithms. That, so he's basically telling people you focus too much on links. The guy responded back, or somebody else did, and said it's the same. It's the first URL still have some, still have some backlinks. And he basically said the same thing. He <laughs> too much on backlinks. <laughs> oh dear yeah and, and and he's he's right i mean there's there is a lot more to it granted they work well but if if they're if, if they are worried about people who are no following their links it means they're link building and he doesn't yep. know about that so so and, and i think as an industry we kind of do focus too much on links and links are very important of course but we spend a lot of our energy thinking and talking about them. We really do. <laughs> Trying to uh, log in actually on Reddit and follow him. I want to keep on touch with that. If anyone else wants to, his uh, uh, URL on Reddit is reddit.com forward slash user forward slash John M-U. All one word, John M-U. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you can click on follow and get notified when he's posting. I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. keep on top of these things uh, not that we'll ever get as fast as as Barry and the gang I'm sure they probably wakes him up at night and you can, you can <laughs> find out that he's into cycling because he responds on that one a lot <laughs> oh dear okay there we go yes he, he was he became an avid cycler didn't he yeah yeah well, good for him it's, okay. it's actually it's actually kind of interesting if you look and I hadn't thought of this until you said that go look at his particular user profile and it tells you where he comments which means you can see which of the the SEO related subreddits subreddits John's active in, mm -hmm. and there's like four or five of them. Living living off cheese and chocolate isn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, learn a lot more about John. That's a good thing. Uh, he's a good guy. Wish he, wish he was in your bike. Not that everyone. I think, I think we should visit him in Switzerland. Actually, yes, yes, we should do a special show from Switzerland. Yeah, we'll get Webmaster Radio pay for it all. I'm sure we can get extra sponsors for that. Yes, yes. Well, we'll have to take our research team too. Yes, of course. 
Uh, I wish, I wish. Okay, so first we got some community questions here. Uh, to tie things up, we've got three, which is a nice uh, rarity. Uh, the first is from Lisa Borner. Um, she says, we launched a new site recently, but Search Console keeps showing me issues of the old one, although we submitted a new site map and redirected pages as much as possible. For example, one of the old URLs that doesn't exist anymore, anymore got flagged with a mobile issue. Is there any other way than redirects and the sitemap to avoid this? Mm. So I, I think the first thing we need to, to, to realize, because it took me a second to, to think about it, when they say they launched a new site, I think they mean, mean they redesigned their existing site, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so they didn't change URLs. So everything, or didn't change domains, I should say. And everything that they still had that domain verified. So it's not like they're starting from scratch. Just, to, just kind of set this, set the baseline here. Um, she's, she's seeing information come from old URLs that no longer exist. Um, the, and she wants to know, if, other than redirects or sitemaps, how can they avoid getting information on those? Well, the easiest way is to get them removed from the index. I would say. Well, my first move would be to have taken the old sitemap and submitted it. That way, Google can find the redirects quickly. Uh, and assuming they're all redirected. If there aren't, then you know that's mm -hmm. the problem. And then, well, although it should just be 404s, and, you never know. And then we should point out that those redirects need to be 301s or 307s, right? If you have a 302 redirect in place, those URLs are going to stay in there because those are only temporary redirects. Right. So 301 is the permanent redirect. 302 is, two is a temporary redirect. It's good yes. for use when, let's say, you've got a different... Uh, um, I don't know. It's kind of like you've you've got one part of your your building is being worked on, so you tell everyone to use a different door, <laughs> right? Um, and then you can go back to opening the other one once it's fixed. Uh, when you're talking about a three hundred seven, I'm actually blanking on that one. What's a three hundred seven? Is the, the the main place that I see it used right now is is um, HTTPS redirects to HTTPS. Ah. It's a redirect that tells Google, this is a permanent redirect. We don't want you ever to re-index the HTTP version. We want you to index HTTPS. However, the HTTP version is still going to exist. It's not going away. Interesting. I don't think I've used that. Then again, I'm not doing everyday, everyday work these days. <laughs> Good old Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, you've moved into executive mode. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Yeah, a bit of the bit of the, I do some, lots of consulting still. Yeah, and and, and there's going to call it a temporary redirect though. Three hundred seven is a temporary redirect. Yeah, hmm. I thought you were talking calling it a permanent redirect. I thought it was a permanent. It's, it's temporary. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's still that that's <laughs> it's where it's where people are using it is, is tied to HTTPS mostly. Okay, um, and, and it says here a 307 temporary redirect redirect status response code indicates that the resource requested has been temporarily moved to the URL given by the location headers. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, all right, moving on. <laughs> moving uh, on. But the, the 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 most common and the easiest is the 301. If you want to get into that, more. absolutely, you use yeah. that every day. That stuff's invaluable. Yeah. Okie dokie. Next is from Carl Bush. Uh, let's see if I can paraphrase this. 
Uh, I haven't read it yet. Do you know how to paraphrase it quickly? So, so he basically has, um, is working with a company that has three different assisted living communities. Each of the communities has three different websites. So, you know, community A has its own site, community B has its own site and so on. The owner of the company wants all the sites to have the same look and feel. And so right now they all have the same copy as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's basically a, it, it's a duplicate content type of situation he's dealing with. His, his, he says, I'm about to publish new content for each page with at least 800 words. The old sites had 300. Um, I plan to change the city names and business names and the contact for each site. This is a bad idea or should I work on improving the content almost entirely? Hmm. Well, you wouldn't be the only one who's tried it and succeeded. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, I do see those kind of sites working when they've just got replacements like that. Um, however, less so. Um, I'm still shocked it's happening. So I would say that it's highly recommended to invest a small amount of money really that's going to take to have custom content written for each one. Yeah. And I think when you see them working like that, it's when the farther apart the locations are, the better. Because a lot of that local sort of stuff starts to come into play. And, and one site might not be showing up in search results because it doesn't fit the geographic profile of the searcher, right? Because it's they're so far away from it where another site might be there closer and that site's going to show up. And then another surfer in a different city might find the other site because they're more geographically related. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Carl, uh, you know, unless you guys are on an absolutely crazy tight budget, um, in which case you just don't rewrite it just have you have to do it yourself um, hire some to do it you know there's some phenomenal writers out there and it, it really doesn't cost that much money you may, might be able to get um, and don't spin it don't just get it spin oh. I guess it's mental spinning people the writers are going to have to do but um, don't use an automated spinner uh, just create good content for each one and you don't have to look back you don't have to worry that it's not working for that reason of duplication all right, Lisa, she posted another question and she said, sorry, and do not say sorry, please. Yes. Questions galore. Our dream would be able to hunt and peck and pick out the best ones every show and we'll still respond to everyone, don't get me wrong, unless there's hundreds, but um, yeah, <laughs> and Hugh. Um, she says, I read that redirecting pages to general overview kind of pages, i.e. home, news, case studies, is not a good idea. For example, on the old page, we had a lot of news pages. Some of them we kept and redirected to the exact same news page. However, other pages were too thin in terms of content, so we did not move them. And I thought of redirecting them to the news overview page. However, Moz says that's not a good idea since it looks like you're just wanting to transfer the URL juice to that unrelated page. Is that true? Shall I just leave those pages as 404s? Your advice would be very much appreciated. Well, nice. Okay, <laughs> I like being appreciated. Okay, um, is it true? I, I think it's highly doubtful that that juice is going nowhere. Um, I think there's definitely more benefit pointing it to a page that's highly relevant because it's a no-brainer then, right? If people mm-hmm. are finding the page, uh, it's because they wanted something. Well, you wanna make sure they can find that thing. It's just on a different URL. Um, but if you're going to point them to the a general page, you're really going to have a pretty high bounce rate. And the juice that comes from that, I expect, would be de- depreciated. The link juice. Yeah, and, and think about it. If you're not going to publish the page, you're not going to publish it for a reason. 
it's not going to be found in search because it doesn't exist. Um, there's no, there, there's not a real reason to redirect it other than to transfer the juice, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the equity that it's built up. Or um, to keep the person from getting a 404. Well, that's why I was going to say, then if you're going to do a 404, you do a custom 404 mm-hmm. that, that allows them to have some interaction and go where they need to go on the site if they want to. And your point, Ross, if, if they do come to the page and it's not what they expected, the bounce rate is going to increase, whether they come from search or links from other sites or no matter where they come from. If that page no longer exists the, and the topic that you were covering no longer exists, which is what people were coming there for, whether it's redirected or it's a custom 404, doesn't matter. The bounce rate's going to increase. Yeah, and I think when I know I've mentioned this in past shows, and we've had this similar question. Um, what I suggest too is considering opportunities for partnerships uh, for networking. If you perhaps had a product that you had and you don't have it anymore, and maybe it's a whole line of products, well, why not find someone who does have it? Make a friend. Um, and then say, hey, you know, our, our partner, though, does have this in stock. Here's the link. Yeah. It's, it's the classic, uh, uh, what was that from the old black and white movies? It was the old, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Christmas. Ah, darn it. You know the Christmas <laughs> Claus in, uh, who goes to court to prove he's Santa Claus? Uh, a Christmas story? Yeah, no. Anyway, it's really old. Everyone uh, is telling me. Everyone knows what I'm talking about, I'm sure. Um, or hope anyway. Um, in any case, they they did well because they said, well, no, we don't have it, but you can go next door. I know they do. And and they everyone was shocked. And it yeah. became a good thing. Well, the concept here. You're just giving people a great recommendation if you can't help them. Well, in this particular case, though, I don't, she's not dealing with products so much. She's got news articles, and she wants to delete some of these yep. news articles because t- the content was too thin. Um, so the only reason to do that would be to, to redirect them, would be to you know, redirect that equity that those pages were pulling into the site. Right. Yep. And and I'm not sure it's it's going to hurt you to do that. I just don't think it's going to help you as much as you think it's going to. Well put. All right. Well, that was a good show. Lots, lots of talk, lots of uh, morsels there, I think. I hope everyone enjoyed it. So on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Karka, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 podcast on Google. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. 
We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.